My name is Matt Brown. Now, would that be something you might be interested in? And let's start the show. This is the life of Boba Bobo. This is the life of Boba Bobo. This is the life of Boba Bobo. Bohemia. <laughs> a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. And on this late winter day, as we slowly get to the beginning of spring, we have a great podcast for all of you, a great productive conversation on some pretty significant events. But before we get into that fanfare and potpourri i just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the productive conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and youtube and don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on productive conversations podcast.com and don't forget to check us out in the world of social media we're on instagram at productive conversations podcast we're on twitter at proud convo pod we're on tiktok at productive conversations so as I figured out a way to get this podcast rolling and recording in the comfort of my couch while I wait for a better chair to sit in in my apartment, I am just here wondering what's about to take place as the spring is about to unfold. You know, we have some really great podcasts coming up in the next few weeks. March is going to be a great month in particular, and then April after that. I mean... I'm just waiting for a new job. Remember, um, I'm still looking in the production world and broadcasting and digital media. So if there's anyone who has an opportunity and who's ready to have a candidate that's a game changer, problem solver, and a team and culture contributor, please let me know. Email me mbrown3212 at gmail.com. But besides what I am doing, there's a lot going on in the world right now. We have Russia and the Ukraine in a legitimate conflict. Military operations are sent out there. And yeah, there's a war. There is a war going on in the Ukraine right now. And it is quite concerning. Tough to look at on the news every day. Confusing to look at all the memes people are making about it. But yeah, we have two sovereign nations going at it. And uh, I feel I, I should, you know, I feel I should let it out there how I feel about it as I'm somebody who's trying to work on his opinions and communications. I mean, I'm not here to exactly break down how I think this whole thing should go one way or the other. I just feel this is a historic event and I should... Um, with my platform, notate how I'm feeling about it, as well as our good friend and guest Ryan Page is on the show with us today. We're going to talk about the Major League Baseball lockout. You know, my initial thoughts on this day is, um, I mean, for all the people who introduced the game of baseball all our ancestors we connected on even more because of our love for baseball i bet they're rolling in their grave as we have another example of millionaires versus billionaires screwing the fans over 
not taking the initiative to help give a good distraction for what's going on in the world and ultimately letting us down. Baseball is letting us down as this lockout continues, even with all the debates on luxury tax and salary minimums and playoff teams and revenue shares, all these big fancy words that have been brought to us today and yesterday in the weeks and months prior when this began before the holidays. I am just in a world of disgust seeing how this all unfolded and I break it down with Ryan who's a casual sports fan compared to me being a very passionate one I think we have a good objective conversation regarding this issue here with no baseball and you know we don't get too serious the whole time we don't have serious jibber jibber serious jibber jabber throughout I mean, we talk about Ryan's wedding coming up and the wedding cakes, wrestling, Pat McAfee, all the other silly things that you can add for comic relief when talking about very serious stuff. So that's what's great about this episode. A nice mixture of very important conversations where we reflect on what's going on. And of course, some comic relief thrown in there as well and just... Two guys enjoying the medium of podcasting and just chopping it up. So this is a very good episode of the Productive Conversations podcast, this Tweet Cap special edition. Ryan Pager, good friend, is with us again to have a lot of fun and break down everything. And why don't we get to it? Ryan Page, it's your turn once again. Let's talk about the big things going on in the world right now. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. It's March 2022, everybody. And Ryan Page, first of all, it's great to see you here. Hi, everybody. Here's the host of the Tweet Cap and uh, hey. my good, great friend of the show, Ryan Page. What's How's up, Ryan? Not much. We're going to get into Twitter, so that's nice. Good to see you. Yes, at a new edition of the Tweet Cap and then some. But, you know, I clearly just changed the intro in my head. But, um, you know, March 2020 was two years ago now, a full 24 months. Yeah. And who would have thought we'd get to here? March 2022. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess everyone technically knew we'd get to here, but mm-hmm. what it was going to look like, I don't think anybody had that. No, no, no. And, you know, as Vax mandates are being loosened and mass mandates we're just not gonna harp on that because we've gone enough two years with that but everybody can see the news um we're getting closer to the end not fully there's still cases out there but at least we're getting a lot closer and for for march 2022 we'll take that but it's all we can take But in return, there's two sovereign nations at war. There's sports being straight up canceled. There's uh, celebrities getting crazier and crazier. And uh, what a turn of events two years can bring, right? Exactly. (laughs) Shows you anything can happen. But hey, as we are on the brink of March 2022, why don't we do a tweet cap as we get this full circle or then sub, hopefully it's not an oval, but hopefully we just bounce <laughs> around over to the place. But I think this would be a good time to do a tweet cap for where we're at now, because who yeah. would have thought 
when the pandemic was taking place, NBA cancels their season, Tom Hanks, the whole ordeal. Everybody has their where were you win moment. Fast forward two years. Here are some of the big things taking place. But yeah. Before we get into that ride, everything else good? Yeah. Doing life, doing what you can? Absolutely. You know, busy. Busy as always, but it's a good busy, so can't complain. Yes. And according to my sources, in exactly seven months, you will be a married man, correct? That's true. I actually have a... Exactly seven yeah, in months. October. This weekend, though, I had, we're we're going to the venue Ooh. to finalize those details, and we're going to do our cake tasting this weekend. Oh, so. I got to actually put it in my calendar. I'm sorry I didn't put it in my iPhone calendar. Oh, you don't have to go to those. That's not for, that's just me, Melissa. But uh, oh, I meant your actual wedding date. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I know you know what it is. Ryan wedding. <laughs> not worried about you. I clicked it in from two to three p.m. October. Perfect. Starts at four. Starts at four. So, <laughs> wow, a wedding cake tasting mm-hmm. is it? And it's local. You're you're getting married in Rochester, right? Yeah, it's up in Rochester. Cheesy Eddie's. Uh, I think we're pretty much convinced we're going to go there. Cheesy Eddie's. Think, yeah, it's pretty advertising. Good. Yeah, there you go. Cheesy Eddie's. <laughs> if you're in Rochester, delicious. Everyone says it's delicious. Um, we just haven't decided what flavors and stuff we want to do. So that's really what it is. We're definitely going to do it from there. We just don't know what we're going to get. Mm, okay. Okay. Is there anything you're leading towards? Is as simple as I want a vanilla cake? No, a I don't know. So chocolate we don't know. <laughs> so we're doing like, we're going to do the cupcakes for everybody. Cause you know what I mean? It's <laughs> easier. And then you could try it. You know, people have more flavors, uh, but we still, so a, we need to get those, but we also need to get a cake to cut for like the first piece or whatever. So we have to, it's kind of like, it's a lot. We have to figure out what we like for the cake, but what we like for the cake isn't necessarily what everyone else is going to eat. Um, so we have to try a couple of different flavors to see what we think guests would like. And then again, we have to figure out what our cake is going to be because we have to do the first, uh, cake, the first piece. And I think we're not going to eat any cupcakes. We're just going to eat that first piece (laughs) and then move on, uh, save the cupcakes for everybody else. We have some gluten-free people, um, gluten-free cupcakes. So we have to figure out how that'll work. Um, Not that I know of. No one has come out as vegan. So if anyone is vegan, it's like it's a recent thing and I don't know about it yet. But well, I'm very, very excited for it. Yeah. As you pick essentially your most important. What's your favorite? What do you want? I mean, if we're up to me, I like yeah, a cannoli cake to actually. Cannoli cake? I like I'll, the I'll cannoli know if they do it. it. Yeah. See, we're not going to a traditional like Italian bakery, so I don't know if Cheesy Eddie's has it, but I'll cheesy check. Cheesy Eddie's. If they've got cannoli cake or it cannoli cupcake. That's right. It is so, a cheese. So could be their forte. I think they do a lot of cheesecake, actually. In yeah. That actually so. is my favorite cake. If it were up to me and I decide for all the people at your wedding, you eat, I choose a cannoli cake. Everyone, Matt wants a cannoli cake, so, <laughs> so buckle up. That's what's happening. Excellent stuff. Well, it's funny. Now my notes app isn't working, so I have to type it on the phone. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny. The first note here is Ryan wedding cake. So, <laughs> first thing news for the March 2022. Yeah, I didn't tweet about it, so it's not it's not tweet cap approved, but that's fine. 
<laughs> Anyways, good stuff there. But yes, and I will. I don't. You know what's funny? I don't know if you happen to heard my last monologue. I talked about your wedding coming up, and I was saying mm-hmm. how I hope, even if it's just a brief. I don't know it has to necessarily be on the wedding, but if we could just fit some type of recording somewhere, <laughs> the exact wedding day, maybe the day before, yeah, and then well, whatever after. Here's what I we'll that'd do. That'd be a funny dream. After after we go out on the town on Friday, because mm-hmm. we have a we have a really late. I, I, feel, I love how everyone's just hearing our, my wedding planning right now. <laughs> we have yeah. a really. We'll, we'll move on to other things. As well. <laughs> no, but I will say we have a really late uh, rehearsal dinner or rehearsal rather. Mm-hmm. Um, rehearsals at seven p.m. Is is that late? Like yeah, because so we have a yeah we have a late wedding too. Because usually people get married a little bit closer to like the afternoon. Mm-hmm. We're not even we're not even getting to the church like for like the beginning of the ceremonies at four p.m. Oh. So the rehearsal is late, the wedding is late, but on the rehearsal day anyway, we have to do like the dinner and stuff. But that's going to be super late, so <laughs> it's going to be really late night if we go out friday which i think we're probably going to do so we'll all just mosey on to wherever and we'll record some something incoherent after the rehearsal uh before the wedding the next day we'll see melissa will be asleep so i got you know i'll be wherever you guys are because melissa's got the room well this is going to be exciting as we keep expanding the show as I've called the audience here, the productive nation, they'll feel like they're at your wedding too, Ryan. There's a landmark in this. Show. Yeah, I meant to. I meant to talk to you about that. The productive people didn't. That never crossed your mind. The alliteration is right there. Well, I did think of that. It the productive people. It was either productive people, or productive nation. I mean, you went with productive. Well. You got wait. Well, yeah, who cares? Just listen to the podcast. That's what's yeah, most important. Exactly. So, <laughs> but no, productive nation. I like. It. I did see that. I was like, oh, I would have gone for the alliteration. <laughs> but I was like, maybe it's taken. That's another thing. I, I had searched. Maybe it had been taken, and that's that's where nation was. Or maybe just nation is a bit more apt description. I know you guys. You have what, like five thousand downloads now? Yeah, you're about the size. Of, you're getting there. Small, small nation status. Exactly. So, <laughs> I think that is. <laughs> I think that is a great way of putting everything. We're just a nation of people keep growing and growing. So. We'll take that and we will be excited for early October for your big day. And all of us in the productive nation can experience the day. (laughs) That's good. I will. I'll put up uh, some sort of Venmo for (laughs) (laughs) any donations works out for the Ryan and Melissa human fund. Exactly. Well, Ryan. Where do we go uh, from this crazy world? We have to transition and switch gears in a, and this is not, it's going to be awkward either way. So we'll start with the less awkward first, but yet the most, (laughs) the most aggravating, at least to me and some others, it was announced today, even though this is released on the 3rd of March, but here on Tuesday, two days before, it was announced that Major League Baseball will be canceling the first two series of the 2022 MLB season amongst the players' lockout. And this will be the first time since 1995 they missed scheduled games. And this is all as a result of the lockout. So long story short, 
for anyone's following the story or not, the MLB owners and the Players Association have a huge beef. They cannot make a deal on what's known as the collective bargaining agreement, which in, you know, legal mumbo jumbo terms, the, the contract for the next seven years, this includes playoff teams. This includes salary minimums and maximums. This includes minor league systems and all of the TV deals, all of that. And the players and owners cannot come up with an agreement for whatever reason. Well, I mean, actually, there's plenty of reasons. This has <laughs> taken place since November. The big beef amongst both sides um, includes set players salary minimums, which, you know, they're offering as much as $660,000, even for a minor league player. Oh, sorry, that's not good enough. But I guess for some of the players... But um, that's being disputed. There's something called service time where, you know, certain teams get bonuses amongst the time of the year they're promoted. You know, just another way for owners to pocket that money. There's just it's, it really is a large headache to break it down. But it's the classic argument, billionaires versus billionaires. And despite the many weeks of negotiations and self-imposed deadlines, Neither side is agreeing. They were meeting in person in Florida. The Players Association actually left and leaving Rob Manfred, the owner, the uh, commissioner, no choice but to cancel games. So lots to unpack. As of now, no baseball for two weeks. For the first two weeks, people ex- honestly expect that to continue. Now, Ryan, you're a baseball fan. It's fair to Not say, like right? Not like you. Not like <laughs> you, but yeah. I watch the Mets every once in a while. Yeah, okay. Well, then you can probably look at this objectively then, um, as I look at it subjectively as a big (laughs) baseball fan. But, you know, as I talk about this, baseball is canceling itself. What comes to mind saying that to you? I mean, so, number one, you actually brought up an interesting point where it's like millionaires versus billionaires. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, and I, I mean, I actually personally kind of agree with that but i do think that in fairness <clears throat> the union unions obviously matter more in other scenarios um mm-hmm. you know not every union has millionaire um millionaire workers so it's important to recognize that at the end of the day it's still obviously a union collectively negotiating for their members and that's what they're supposed to do yes the players Um, in this case yeah the players and while we as people who are not making anywhere near that much money would like to see them just take the money and play Mm -hmm. i'm sure that they have calculated in some way that the um that the terms are not fair um but that's number one i do think it's important to you know because it can be really hard to you know look at it objectively and say well these people have enough money and they they do by Mm -hmm. the way that's true they do have enough money i don't think anyone would be you know upset if they just said yeah we have enough money we can play for these terms but that's not how unions typically work so obviously Mm -hmm. we can't expect them to start doing that just because their clients are super wealthy. Yeah. Uh, our and, members are wealthy. But and also to mention at this moment, because games are getting canceled, no one is getting a game day. Hey, yeah. Not exactly. at all. So despite them, you know, gnawing at each other, players are not getting paid at all. And to your point, as you said, you know, if you calculate, say a player makes seven hundred thousand dollars a season, they take, you know, 
minus 162. It's about, I think the, it's about like 4,000 a game yeah. for one game. And it keeps decreasing and decreasing. And mm-hmm. those are, yes, those players are figuring out a way to negotiate how that's not fair to them. And of course it's not, nobody wants to see anybody um, lose money, especially for those who are providing for families and stuff. But you know, it's, it's hard to, connect on those terms as well because it's so much money yeah but i would say the only thing that i'm just thinking about the way like the way this all goes down and usually if you know so an owner or whatever of a company not baseball has you know their employees their employees strike the unions existed as a way to try and again get better wages and you know, so that way these workers aren't just replaced. In baseball, that can't happen. You can't just replace an entire league of baseball players. There's not that many of them. However, on the flip side, for workers in most industries, there's usually competition. You can do something else to make money. In baseball, there is no other. There's re- no, not really any other place to go. Like, I don't know exactly where any of these players, I mean, I guess if they have branding deals and things like that, that mm-hmm. hold, they can still make money that way. Yes. But by and large, if they don't play a season, then they don't get any money. Yeah, none of their players uh, salary, at least. Right, like I said, there could be, they could have negotiated some sort of guarantee, or again, there could be um, branding and other sponsorships that they make money off of. But if you don't play, you don't get paid, typically. And if you don't have any games, the owners can't make any money. So exactly. It it's all economics. And it's really odd to me. Uh, I saw this tweet or got it connected to tweets, of course, mm-hmm. from Danny Valencia. I don't really know who that is. Says he's yeah. a 2020 Olympian. So it sounds like he has something to do with basketball, <laughs> by the way. Um, but anyway, he tweeted out 21 hours ago, Mike Trout, the best player in the show, has 1.9 million followers on Instagram playing in Los Angeles. So think Los Angeles. Pretty um, big market, lots of people, Hollywood yeah. celebs. Tyler Hero, a good player for the Miami Heat, nowhere near Mike Trout's level, has 2.3 million followers. Why is that? And so I think this goes to the heart of why this is a problem for everybody in that there's not enough goodwill for anybody involved in this for, for people to look good doing this. If the NBA players went on strike tomorrow, for whatever reason, the people would back the players 1000%. It wouldn't even be a question. It'll never happen. That's why the NBA players could probably walk into their, you know, especially the really big ones could just walk into their front office and say, here's what we're changing (laughs) and it will happen. Look at all the trades that take place. (laughs) Yeah. It's and that's because James Harden is an example. Built, yeah, well, exactly. Uh, and whenever he wants to leave, he just gets to. Um, <laughs> and I mean, you know, talking about Kyrie Irving too. He's still a prominent member of a team, and he hasn't played because he hasn't been allowed to play. <laughs> and yeah. they're all talking about, oh, well, you know, now that it's now it's lessening, he'll finally get to play again. And it's this big thing. I'm like, could you imagine any other place where you just said, yeah, I'm not going to prepare for work. And you'll just have to wait until the environment suits me, and then I'll come back to work. <laughs> no one a, else. That's their world. That. That's their world, right. and we're just living in it. Same really like think, these players. Right. But do you think that Mike, and owners maybe Mike Trout? But do you think that a, a you know an everyday run of the mill pro baseball player could do that? No. They'll just they'll be gone, and they'll call someone up, and that's that. They'll, they, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. 
I mean, yes, maybe a few select players and a few select teams have something similar to that. But I would rec- I would say that even some of the top players in certain franchises wouldn't have that ability that a lot more basketball players have. And so, and it's because no, not no one's watching, but a lot less people are watching. Um, it's just not as popular. And so they don't have the goodwill. So to be burning all of their, what goodwill they do have on this. Uh, I hope that whatever the problem is, whatever the, wherever the disagreement is, it's worth it. I hope it's a principled stance. I hope this is not just greed because I don't think this is going to work out very well for anybody. I mean, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure they will play some baseball at some point this year. It'll eventually get to the point. They have to. <laughs> right? It'll get to the point where, because not, not enough of them have these other deals that they could just live. So enough players are going to say, all right, we held out as long as we could. I don't have a Nike deal. Yeah. <laughs> I need to play baseball. That, that's what's going to change for the right. players association to just agree, even if they personally don't want to. It's right. for the sake of those and, players. And don't get me wrong. There will come a time when the owners are like, well, this big old uh, stadium has just been hemorrhaging money this whole time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to start firing people, which again, also not a good look. Like, so it, it's not like it's just the players that are going to get, you know, stretched by this. The players are going to get stretched by it more though. Um, and ultimately they will play some baseball, but if this drags on for too long, I mean, first of all, if I were the owners, I might just give the players what they want because Again, if this drags on for too long, ultimately, if people have to pick sides, it's always the worker that's going to get supported by the majority of people. Not everybody, but the majority of people are going to support the worker. So I think that you're already pretty unpopular sport relative to other sports. This is only going to hurt you. You should really consider, you know, doing the thing, signing whatever they need you to sign, and then just having a season because you're not going to make any money with an empty stadium. And Honestly, like you said, COVID is, you know, going away, but it's not gone yet. And so it's not like there's a a plethora of people looking to rent out entire stadiums. Yeah. There's not like tons of live music and other events that, you know, you could be like, well, whatever, we'll subsidize some of our losses. Like there's still a a premium on live events right now, or rather not a premium on live events. There's rather a... there's limited live events right now and capacity is sometimes limited depending on the performer or the state. So it's just not, again, not a good time for either group of people to be doing this. And I think that I think ultimately the players hurt the longer this goes on. Um, Oh, for sure. And I think that the owners though are not doing the sport any favors by doing this. And so ultimately both sides are going to end up hurting and baseball, which is again, already kind of, I want to say it's a dying pastime because it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be America's sport, but it really is a dying pastime at this point. And you're killing yourself by this point, you're making your death worse by choosing this. Well, it's even worse. Not even like it's a death. It's more like it's just a fade. Because they're still playing, they still exist, but they're just mm-hmm. not relevant. The one thing if something happened and it, you know, and it folded, but it's not gonna fold, it's just right. gonna fade away quietly, which is almost worse. Yeah, here's the thing. This is a long way out, by the way. I'm not predicting like the end of baseball in our lifetime or anything. I'm just saying over time it's gonna get smaller and smaller and just kind of get irrelevant. 
Yes. Here's basically the bottom line. I'll try to explain as best as I can. You said baseball is a dying sport, but yet they made over $10 billion in revenue the last two years. So Mm -hmm. how does a sport where you see for three fourths of the year, empty stadiums being played, especially in small market teams, you know, people care more about, NFL training camp than baseball sometimes in the in the <laughs> summer. But when you have this lower popularity, people barely know ten, your top 10 players, but yet all these owners are still making money. Oh, so where is this coming from? And this is one of the other big issues why the owners didn't um, meet the demands, especially some people are saying the small market team owners are really pushing this. This includes your Kansas City Royals, Cincinnati mm-hmm. Reds in Ohio, you know. Basically uh, anything that you don't Pittsburgh think is coastal. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of the big market teams, the Yankees in New York, Dodgers in Los Angeles, you know, San Francisco Giants, the Phillies, these big market teams in these huge affluent areas who could get so much revenue from the TV deals alone. <laughs> that's where this money is you know, coming from the big market teams. And the thing is with the one thing baseball has that specifically the other three major league sports, which includes hockey, basketball, and the NFL is there's no salary cap. Hence, there's no set amount of money that any team can can spend over. You can right. make your payroll as high as possible. If you have this, the funds, you can do it. Yep. This is where your $400 payrolls for the Dodgers, the Yankees, all that. And you wonder why these teams are so stacked. And baseball is cares about the regional. It cares more about those regions than the smaller market teams. Mm-hmm. And this is also as a result of high ticket prices that they choose to do, the high $15 beers, <clears throat> all of that. So you're a small market owner. Say you own the Pittsburgh Pirates. If New York and L.A. could just be a natural big economies that will just fund their teams, you know, for years and years and years, no one cares about my team. No players want to come. I can draft but by time they need to get paid, I have to trade them away because I don't have the payroll. You don't to have the money. Them. Yeah. That's where it seems that some of these small market teams are actually opposing in these votes. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, they don't care if their players are marketed. There's always money going to these owners. That's mm-hmm. where the players beef. That's the as best as I can explain it. And honestly, the best way to fix this is to implement a salary cap. A salary cap, which but they're not going to do. Would probably hurt some players, but um. <laughs> yeah, but at least you have a better chance of a deal. It hurts both sides, but it'll get mm-hmm. what they want. You'll be able to even out. You could create price floors, and like one of the most eerie quotes is that the players said, "This isn't about um salaries. This is about competitive balance." But they wouldn't say that because. They keep getting these insane contracts who are saying these quotes. Right. So it's not. It's they're, about, the, they're the people who are making all the money because there's no salary cap. Yes. These players. So bottom line, as we talked about this, the millionaires and billionaires, it's all about how we're getting more money in our fat pockets. And still no one's taking the time to negotiate. Share, I wonder if they can share uh, ads from television i don't know how that works i don't know who gets the ad money from television so those are just a mixture of regional markets that you know 
the Yankees can afford their own. Something like a Fox Sports Pittsburgh. They can't have the Pittsburgh Pirates Network. There's not enough revenue. Right. So that's who the ad for that. So the ad revenue. Should, the best that I understand it. Maybe they should regulate that too. Because think about it. Uh, whatever. I'm just saying, when you turn on a baseball game, even mm. if it's the Yankees, even the a diehard Yankees fan needs to see another team play the Yankees. The Yankees can't do it by themselves. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, you can't. You can't play a game with one team. So you'd think that since people are tuning in to see the game between two teams, the two teams could more equitably split ad revenue from that game on TV. But I don't know. That's just a thought. No, it's, it's a legitimate thought. Any way to... To even it out, and they've had base, um, you know, deals going back and forth. Whether it's minimum salary caps, then the players rejected or the owners rejected, and they mm-hmm. were negotiated to like three in the morning, and then you know their tone changed. People changed their mind, and bottom line, they can't even get stay in the same room. Um, mm. Again, I think Manfred looks at the Rob Manfred, the commissioner, will. Be feeling that he even from non-baseball fans <laughs> for this, it's gonna be it's gonna uh, be Twitter. tough for him until um Twitter will have opinions. Yeah. So he's gonna get destroyed by the media, <laughs> destroyed by his fans and players. So this is just turning into an ugly shit show. And your last point about baseball killing any momentum it has left to be in the mainstream. This is how you will make it fade away worse than just collapsing. It'll just turn into, you know, a sport that's barely covered a sport. That is a thing of itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll always have generations and diehard fans like myself who will go to these games, but (laughs) it's, it's not looking bleak, man. It's, it's like, like no offense, I know you were a big NASCAR fan, but remember it was pretty big. It was. Least... I don't know if I would ever consider myself a big NASCAR fan. Okay, well you you knew what I had. I knew enough about NASCAR, yeah. And they would be like, you know, oh, they're regional first first. Yes, regional, but I'm saying in like the 2000s when they were oh, a little more yeah. relevant than now. Like it would be basically the best way they'd be on the first block of Sports Center, the yeah. Indy 500. But mm-hmm. now you do not see it at all whatsoever. Oh, and no. I, who I knows if baseball it. will have a day like that. They just, I did, don't know. It, it, they just did um, the LA Coliseum. They had a special event there. NASCAR did. Oh, that's the LA Coliseum. Cool. Right. So uh, everyone, so everyone I know who actually likes NASCAR and I will let, I won't elaborate. Um, hated that. Of course. I thought it was kind of cool. Um <laughs> Just because of location alone, I don't know if I'd watch it every year, but I saw like the first two laps. I happened to be over with someone who was watching it. The laps. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting, that location. So there are ways to stay, to try and gain some relevance. There are ways to look at what you're doing poorly. But I'll be honest with you, all of them involve the MLB playing games. So <laughs> they have to at least get that part down if they want to address any issues. Yeah. See, then maybe maybe baseball will need to figure out how to play a game on a plan M or yeah. Well, they used to yeah. play the Dodgers used to play there. Well, I don't know. They play um, at yeah. Tom Brady's house. Uh, Elon Elon Musk let them play on Mars or something. <laughs> well, yeah. As we switch gears, baseball. There's no baseball until further notice. Mm-hmm. I hope, but they make a deal within the next couple of weeks. You'd hope 
But, you know, we'll carefully monitor this situation and um, hopefully at some point when we're on again, we could talk about how baseball saved itself from complete PR disaster, because as of now, they are clearly in a nightmare. Saved himself or played himself, one or the other. <laughs> and it's so sad, Ryan, when your Mets get some pretty big deal players like the Max Scherzer and such, the baseball has to go on a strike. Well, yeah. a lockout, um, a work stoppage, but... Typical Mets, I guess that's all I could say. Can't have good things. No. So now the next thing to talk about is again sensitive topic, but I feel it is important to to mention right now is since last week Russia has declared war on Ukraine, and you know. I'm probably not best to explain it in um, a more professional term. Ryan, you're more versed oh, into God. this. I mean, but, this is foreign policy. I don't think either of us is really qualified okay. to talk about this. You're right. I let's, could, let's I just, could let's, try. We could look at this like just two. I am 27. Sue to be 27. Yeah. Just Ukraine, Russia, beefing, Putin, <laughs> no good. Um, a little more, a little more. There's a little more context than beef. In, I think, but. <laughs> yes, there is a war. And I guess we, we don't have to go <laughs> break down the foreign policy. We don't have to break the foreign relations. We don't have to go CNN or Fox News right now. But I just want to think of this as us, you know, hanging out, having a beer, talking about this. Yeah. And um, like, I can't believe it. I can't believe we're. We're living amongst two sovereign nations, you know, fighting and attacking each other like that. I think that's and I know there have been other countries. I know there have been other countries that have been at war, you know, anything happened in Bosnia or the Middle East. But this is like, you know, this is Russia. This is a world power that we've grown up with and they are attacking the little guy, the little country. And um like, I mean, guess what? Basically, what what comes to mind as of today in early March? You know, what do you think about that, Ryan? When you when you're not looking on Twitter and seeing baseball issues, and you have something legitimate going on, mm-hmm. what do you think about the uh, conflict between Ukraine and Russia? Well, you made like a good point, and obviously, somebody who knows more could cl- could tell me that I'm wrong, but. <laughs> When, you know, the wars in our lifetime, like really in our lifetime, have not been between countries like they've been been with they've been with. Yeah, they've been within countries. So, you you know, talk about like, you know, genocide and regime change in, you know, Mm -hmm. these countries. So like that's happened a couple of times while we've been alive most recently, you know, in Afghanistan. Um, But also you know, usually us, the United States against some third party, but not a country. So like, you know, we didn't declare war against Afghanistan. We declared war against like the Taliban. Right. Yeah. So in, which is not a country, um, they're (laughs) just a group. Like the last time I think we went to war with another country was with Iraq. Cause that was two countries, obviously Iraq is a country and we're a country. Um, but to see war in Europe, I mean, obviously, uh, World War 
two vibes world war one as well but everyone thinks of two the sequel uh gets most of the credit there uh although i will say i saw that the musician franz ferdinand yeah what is canceling his tours in like eastern europe and so that went viral for a little oh, bit wow. like thank god we got franz ferdinand out of uh europe because obviously for those of you who know last time there was a franz ferdinand in eastern europe with all the the political strife he was assassinated and started world yep. war ii uh or one which one I which one world, world war one yeah um and they didn't sing take me out i no. say don't you know and that when i saw that a it reminded me that for like a brief period of absurd time people just took real people and made it their musician name um which is silly a, i don't like it like rip momney isn't i mean i know that's not his actual name there it's was, mitt romney but rip momney is just the silliest name i've ever heard um, there's there's Prince one more there. big one in there there's a few um but uh at t tweetcap if you want to tell me all of the musicians that stole historical figures names um so yeah that was kind of funny but to obviously be a little more serious there's mm-hmm. no not that there's ever a good reason for violence but there's definitely no reason uh for violence in ukraine right now other than russia just decided to and the the response i'll say the response has been you know unified i think it's been overwhelming obviously i know for some of us myself included at times it can feel like okay what are sanctions what do they do but i mean we see how the people in this country get when gas price goes up, you know, a dollar. So mm-hmm. imagine what happens when your entire economy is frozen. Uh, yeah. You know, so hopefully that, hopefully that's enough. Um, hopefully Russia doesn't continue to try and escalate. Um, if you were, you were talking about the beefing. So the pretext for doing all of this was uh, peacekeeping. They they deemed Ukraine as a threat to Russian sovereignty. And so this was, you know, this was their attack on Ukraine. Maybe not sovereignty, but they, they deemed Ukraine as a, a threat, a security mm-hmm. risk. And so that's why they've gone in. I think there's even been rumors that they were uh, seeking out Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Ukraine. The Nazis, the Nazis are brought back up, huh? Yeah, yeah. They used the Nazis. Um, that's a rumor. But in general... It's been they're calling it a peacekeeping military operation to root out, you know, root out this non-existent sort of tyrannical regime um, that's attacking ethnic Russians. That was how this all ramped up when I know we saw this started when Putin declared two parts of Ukraine as independent countries. Those are two areas that have had a lot of fighting between Russian um, nationals and the Ukrainian government, because uh, they are very Russian-centric. Um, They're, of course, along the border. Um, and so that's the pretext they've been using for invading. Uh, obviously, the the president of Ukraine has become his own meme. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that one thing we have to mention, who's already time person of the year, Mm-hmm. I'll let you get into it, but the name Vladimir Zelensky. Yeah, Vladimir Zelensky. Yeah. Oh, Vladimir uh, Zelensky. Yes, yeah. I talk about 
why this person is the internet's favorite person right now. Well, well say this president. I would say, yeah. Is the internet's favorite. Pres- first, we got to call him, you know, President Zelensky. Seth, he is the president. I always, I think his backstory is interesting. Yeah, actually, yeah. Why don't you tell watch, us about it? Yeah, so he was a comedian, an actor and a comedian. <laughs> and now I know for American audiences, that's a red flag. <laughs> a famous celebrity gets elected president. And I'm pretty sure in Ukraine it was a red flag, too, um, when it happened. Um, but unlike our celebrity presidents, um, <laughs> no, actually, no, but seriously, this is this is different. Um, he rose to prominence in a um, in a television show called Servant of the People, in which he plays a history teacher who mm-hmm. goes on a viral rant about democracy and things like that and ends up running for president and winning so he played the president on tv and then after that show he went ahead and ran for president for real and got elected president that's mind-blowing uh, it really so, is. so when you think about all of this though he obviously not dissimilarly to our last president actually you know for all of the things i've said about the last president this president in ukraine more than I think Vladimir Putin realized actually understands media in a way that, <laughs> yeah, right. No, seriously. Cause I mean, I was talking to I someone think. else and you hear, and we're hearing a lot of stories and frankly, they're not true um, about, brought up about, about Ukraine. Okay. Yeah. And uh, one of them was the ghost of Ukraine. I don't know if you've heard this story. The it's it's been debunked. There is, there's this story of just a lone fighter pilot who's been shooting down Russian aircraft <laughs> And it's not true. None of it's true, but it went viral and it went viral fast. And I, and there's a bunch of other stories. You could just like make up that. something like there's just a right. real life Rambo, huh? Yeah. In Ukraine. And, but the reason is because, you know, you see Zelensky, he's since the invasion uh, was, has started, he's been in military fatigues. He's in the green all the time, not maybe military fatigues, but he's in the green, the green kind of camo all the time. He's still in the city. And he understands media, like, and I don't mean like Ukrainian media, obviously he does that. He was a celebrity, but he understands, you know, social media and mass media better than Putin, better than our president, probably. And <laughs> we don't see Biden going in. Right. And trenches. he's making it, but he, he's making this case where he, I think a lot of what's happening now is. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a version of this where you have the same old, same old president in Ukraine. Maybe they flee Ukraine. Maybe they don't. And it just looks completely overwhelming. Ukraine's going to get taken over. Russia's going to do it. And, you know, we'll slap Russia on the wrist. We'll condemn it. We'll do some sanctions. But we're not trying to provoke Russia because Russia obviously is a formidable superpower. And we'll just, you know, we'll sanction them and then. You know, the plight of the Ukrainian people is their own. And I think that that's very, very possibly what could have happened. But Zelensky didn't let that happen. He's been very vocal. He's been all over social. He's been all over traditional media. I mean, he's been on this since it started, since before it started. He was calling, he, you know, he made a plea for Ukrainian nationals to come home before the invasion, as the troops are getting on the border, saying, you know, we need to be unified as a country. Come home, you know, stand yeah. in solidarity with us. He did, again, he didn't know when, realistically, he didn't know when it was going to happen. And also, there's no reason to do that. Most of them probably, most people didn't come home <laughs> just because the president asked them to. But he did it because he wanted to, he was painting this picture of Ukraine 
which right or not, I don't know much about Ukraine other than recently, um, to be completely honest with you. I know more about him than I do the actual country. Of yeah. Ukraine. Um, and but he's painted the picture of Ukraine as this proud, you know, this proud people who are willing to fight. And he's made it very clear that he's willing to fight and that Ukraine is willing to fight. And I think a lot, I think he's punching above his weight because of it. I think the sanctions that we're imposing are harder because we realize that this is not going to be a row. This is not going to be, you know, Moscow uh, setting up, you know, setting up their, um, their, their summer homes in Kiev. Yeah. This is going to be a real fight. Like and maybe it is- shouldn't, and maybe it won't actually end up being that way, but he's convinced the Western nations, he's convinced NATO that this is a real fight. This is going to have real consequences and we have to be on, we have to pick a side. We have to do what we think is right. And obviously for anyone who's paying attention, there's only one right now. You can't side with Russia, but he's yeah, made who, it very Who would be yeah. dumb enough except well, Steven Seagal? Well, there's other people too, but um, unfortunately they're, in, they're in this country. We're not going to, but yeah. Um, He's he's been very, very good at creating a myth, a mythos around himself and to a greater extent, Ukraine. And he's been very clear to try and differentiate between himself and Ukraine, too. Yeah, this, Um, you know, on paper, this really looked like a David versus Goliath story. I I think people thought this was I think people thought this was actually what was going to this was going to look like Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Russia and, would and, come in, and, yeah. and they and that would it'd be a couple days. Russia would come in, and they would take over whatever they wanted, and there's nothing Ukraine could do about it. And Zelensky, they've obviously they've done everything they can. There's been casualties, of course, but they've done everything they can to fight back. But in the meantime, during the fighting, he's done a very good job of taking every win and making it the biggest win ever. He's done a very good job of minimizing losses in terms of public morale. He's kept morale extremely high. He's kept momentum extremely high. And he's done it through his sheer personality. And I think that's only something. And Twitter? Like it also, all, I say this in the most serious way. I, I mean, not just Twitter. With, I mean, yeah, with social media, though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In traditional media, obviously, he's on a lot of like the different talk shows and things, yeah. things uh, calling in and he spoke to the UN and that gets its coverage and things like that. So it's not just social media, but it's social media as well. And he's inspiring his people to do it. Mm-hmm. So people on the ground, real stories are doing it. And again, I think that this in terms of media savvy, we're seeing something that we actually did see very recently in this country um media savvy yeah like uh, how applied how differently media, applied yeah. differently in, in different but also in different circumstances it's not like you know the last president had invasion to worry about you know so <laughs> we don't know what would have happened if that had been the case but um the media savvy has been i think a game changer that vladimir putin who's not media savvy he's you know ex he's like an ex-spy he's kgb he's secretive that's his whole deal he's he's a creepy secret guy so he's not even twitter oh yeah he does but um but okay but it's like state-sponsored and stuff like he's not he doesn't have the kind of personality that Zelensky has and president Zelensky, because of that personality and because of his understanding of the stories he understands stories and he understands what makes the story compelling. And because of that, he's been telling these amazing stories on the ground. He's been, he's been able to expertly portray the main character that you would want to see in this. If this was a story, if this wasn't real and it's unfortunately, it's very real. Unfortunately, a lot of people are getting hurt. A lot of lives are being ruined, but Mm -hmm. if this was a story, 
this is the character you want to root for. Zelensky. This is this and is he the knows that he's, right. He's playing that character because, frankly, it's all he can do. I mean, other than strap up himself. And it seems like he may have even done that. But other than strap up himself and show up to the front line, there's nothing else he can do. Russia's there. There's no negotiating. There's no dipl- there's no diplomacy right now. Russia's going to keep going at least for a little bit. So all he can do is play the part of the hero to keep Ukraine going and to keep the West going so they don't lose heart and say, well, this is a foregone conclusion. We're not going to hurt ourselves. We're not going to hurt our relationships with other countries. We're going to, we're going to stick, we're going to stick by these sanctions. We might even, you know, make these sanctions harder. You know, we've seen today, most, most countries we sent it already, but most countries who hadn't already sent uh, anti-armor or anti-aircraft missiles are sending them now. They're, they're sending actual weapons to the Ukraine right now. Volunteers are going to the Ukraine right now to fight from all over the country and all over the, the world. I think there was a story about someone in Canada who quit his job and he flew to Ukraine. He's fighting right now because uh, because he was inspired by the, the toughness and by the of Zelensky of, of Zelensky and the, and the Ukrainian people. And again, yeah. President Zelensky has said that a bunch of times, like it's not just me. I'm one person. This is not me versus Putin. This is Ukraine versus Russia. And he's been very clear that while he might be one of the main characters in the story, the setting is important. Um, and again, not something that everybody would understand, you know, something that to keep up with the comparisons of media savvy, our last president uh, in his in his inaugural address had a line that uh, resonated with a lot of people. I alone can fix it. He wasn't talking about a party. He wasn't talking about a country. He was talking about himself. He his story centered around him. It was a great man story. He, he goes, I'm the great man. I alone can fix it. And it, it sold well is what people wanted at the time. So I'm not critiquing the narrative because mm-hmm. again narratively he's been he, he knows what he's doing and it's the other stuff that i get a little nervous about but um yeah right in this in this case Zelensky, i think rightfully realized the story can't be me versus putin the story has to be ukraine standing against putin and he's been very clear to make putin the enemy too not all of russia um, which is something that we're seeing a lot of here. You know, how, yeah. how, much, bl- how much blame do we give the Russian people? Because again, our sanctions are not just hurting Putin. They're hurting everyone in Russia, which is all we can do in fairness. But, um, he, but he's been very clear that his, his issue is a tyrannical leadership in Russia. And he and his country are fighting against that, the leadership of Russia. And so he's been very clear to cast the characters in a way Again, that's compelling for the moment. Again, not every story can have the same characters, the same setting. So I'm not saying that he shouldn't, you know, he should have done something else. Just that he he recognized he recognized what people were going to gravitate toward. And he knew that if people were watching, they had a chance. And I think that's what it came down to. Ukraine and Zelensky knew that if he could get enough people looking, if he could make it so that the lights stayed on and that we didn't just turn off, you know, close our eyes and let it happen which I think could have happened, then they have a fighting chance. Because if people saw what was going on and they saw the impact, there was nothing that they could do. They couldn't turn away. And so he wanted to make sure that nobody turned away. Because if if the West turned their back, closed their eyes, then Ukraine was done. And it might still be done. I mean, they are smaller than Russia. (laughs) But he, I think he was an expert and he, from his, 
frankly, from his show business days and understanding that you need an audience to get, you know, you need an audience. And he made sure to grab an audience when he needed it most. And so I think that's, this is his moment right now. If he makes it out of this alive and I, I, no one is talking about that very much except for him. He mentioned it a few times. There's really no guarantee he does. Um, yeah. I mean, he is, he's a definitely a wanted man, but if he makes it out of this alive, I think he's going to have a lot more to say. And I think people are going to listen and it'd be interesting to see again. Don't know much about his domestic policy. He might've been a bad president. I don't actually know. Uh, I just is, know. Again, I followed change your perception. Yeah, I followed his election because it was interesting because of the whole comedian thing. So that's why I know what I know about Zelensky. And then I didn't pay attention again until I guess a little bit with the impeachment stuff. And then obviously a lot more now that he's, you know, an active commander in chief. But um, <clears throat> yeah, he may have been bad at his job. I don't actually know. Someone who's from Ukraine or studies Ukraine might be able to shed some light at T Tweecap. But um, yeah, he's definitely, I think he's earned at least international acclaim. And if he makes it out of this, I hope he continues to lead the way he's leading now and to craft that message of unity and strength and not divisiveness because even once the cannons cannons, we don't use cannons, even once the tanks stop rolling into Kiev, there's going, there's still a lot of divisions. There's a lot of um, there's an undercurrent of kind of authoritarianism across the planet right now. Um, It's very in vogue. And he seems like, you know, maybe one of the best equipped people, to stand up on the world stage and say, this is what the cost is. And this is why we can't let it surface in any country, Russia, Russia or otherwise. Yeah. And may I ask you, does president Zelensky speak English? I don't know. Uh, He had a translator at the UN. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, that could have helped his cause more in all seriousness, you know? Yeah. I'll say if he does, it probably isn't well. Otherwise, he wouldn't use a translator. Because again, you know, talk about telling your story, speaking to the Western nations in English, which is a Western tongue, uh, right. directly, obviously, would have a profound impact. However, the uh, speech he gave to the UN, the uh, interpreter, she started crying um, mid-speech. Mm. So obviously, it was still very powerful, even in translation. But I would say, based on that, based on again, he obviously he's never done anything here. He's not a, a Hollywood actor. He was he was in Ukraine, um, and he had an interpreter at the UN speak English for him. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to assume that if he does speak English, it's not a lot. Well, we hope that he has some powerful words at the end of this. And yeah, like a, like another thing, this is just a story to monitor the situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know um, how it's going to end, but I do hope that there's an incredible narrative ending to this narrative. I mean, President, how Hopefully. do you how do you go from Zelensky? Yeah, like I said, that it'd be like if Steve Carell became president somehow at least that's the vibes um i get any the show is actually pretty good i did watch it when i was on netflix it might still be on netflix i watched the first his yeah i watched yeah i watched the first two uh two episodes when he was running for president because i thought it was interesting so Uh, you you played the president was running for president oh yeah i knew who he was when he ran i thought it was a fun story okay so this i saw that this was in 2019 Yeah, yeah and um so you were, quote, 
knew before everyone else you were on that first yeah no i that's why that's why i said but I, I feel like you're because you know honest, a lot about Zelensky, and it's not that and it's also not that i've been spending all my time reading about this guy <laughs> since the war i was scrolling through um i like to look at different elections um this would have been a great around the country cast. yeah I, well yeah I, I, honestly i might have even pitched it at one point um mm-hmm. but at that i mean at that point he'd already been president for a little bit and so but yeah it was just you know like manny pacquiao's running for president in philippines right now and hopefully there's no big war that he has to worry about. <laughs> but you know so I, I like quirky election stories they don't all have to be celebrities but i or saw Joe this exotic. one <laughs> yeah but um yeah but i saw this one i saw that uh, a guy who played president actually ran for president and you know me i love the west wing i love martin sheen Josiah Bartlett for president. Uh, so I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Obviously, it's a different sh- it's a different show. Oh, he's he's too- I love Martin Sheen. He's 82 years old. We that's not we don't need that right now. <laughs> we don't. I love Martin Sheen. I do. But just we not right I now. have something about too late. people who are close to their 80s doing crazy things after this. So um mm-hmm. But wow, President Zelensky, Ryan knew before everybody else, before he became an international hero of inspiration. You have bragging rights, Ryan. You know this. Servant of the People is the show on Netflix. You can bring Uh, it up at the bar. (laughs) I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore, actually, but that was the show on Netflix. You can bring it up at, uh, you know, the next cocktail party you're at. (laughs) No, I knew Zelensky. I actually watched the show and it was a good show. I mean, I saw two episodes. It was fine. It was in obviously I, I didn't speak the language, so I had to use subtitles, and so I kind of lost oh. my attention. Yeah. Um, if it's still on there, maybe I'll finish. Maybe I'll finish it if it's still on there. But uh, and how about when Netflix tries yeah, like to make said, this he, epic ten-part miniseries for this? If he, especially if he makes it out of live, I mean, you have to do it in the Ukraine. Hey, this will be a fa- this will be a fascinating doc to go from the first day of filming as president to you know. <laughs> ending a war in ukraine yeah hopefully you know to talk about you know talk about a learning curve <laughs> well, well i didn't mean to interrupt your last point before but were you about to say something no, that's else? it yeah that's all well, uh president Zelensky. hopefully he when it's all over they have him on an snl cameo and everyone goes ah oh my god <laughs> could you imagine i mean you can't get a bit i mean I really hope it, it it works well for him because I mean, you went to war as a president. How I mean, what a what an honor. Well, I mean, honor. I mean, or, for know, the if duty, you, if whatever you, it is. Yeah, yeah, you know, duty. If especially if you don't have to, you know, do other drastic, really bad drastic measures. But anyways, President Zelensky, I hope there's a day soon where we celebrate your accomplishments and lessons learned after that. Yeah. So Ryan, let's switch up, switch it up real quick. Yeah. Some more positive things instead of yes. lockouts and war. <laughs> you could talk about wrestling. Wrestling, how wrestling keeps heating up and heating up. Brian, much question. more qualified to talk about this. One of my ultimate questions I ask: will there ever be a day where wrestling is quote unquote quote cool again. What, what does that mean? What do you mean by that? Would it be on 
all over Twitter. So every social media outlet on Twitter, whether it's Barstool or it trends or, every time it's on. Obviously, what if it goes a Barstool, the front of ESPN, the, um, one, no, the Today it's Show? It's not like a full um, sport, so it can't be ESPN. Or basically, when we see more Instagram stories than usual. I don't know. Are I we think- getting closer to that day with some of these big announcements that are coming up, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin returning after That's 19 not, years yeah. <laughs> or Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon, which should be official, you know, the day this episode of the podcast um, drops. Or I don't know. The question I ask always is wrestling getting cooler and cooler. AEW, there's a lot of AEW fans. I had no idea, man. They had an event yeah, actually in Bridgeport. They had yeah, a they had a they show know. that uh, I know quite a few people went. I mean, yeah, I would say that in general, uh, you know, SmackDown had like 2.1 million viewers or something crazy, or something like that. I, I don't I don't remember the number. Something to do with you know the viewership of SmackDown was pretty yeah. high. Um, like can Roman? Like, like, here's a good question: Can Roman Reigns be? more identifiable to the average person. I, I would reckon that for a lot of kids, he probably is. Yeah. Like, my mom, so, all right. Example, my mom knows who Roman Reigns is. Not because she watches. Obviously, she doesn't. Mm-hmm. But because the kids watch. Yeah. Like, that's the uh, big thing. Do you think kids are talking about teaches. Roman Reigns? Yeah, yeah, I do. I See? Do. Like, that's what I'm saying is wrestling, quote, unquote, I honest way th- to be cool again. I think the main issue has been and probably continue to be when they get older <laughs> than kids. Uh, do they still want to talk about Roman Reigns? Okay. And I don't know if the answer to that is yes, because WWE is still obviously very family friendly. But I would say that AEW is not particularly family friendly. It's fine. It's not like, you know, explicit, but a lot of blood and all that stuff. And so I think there's more options now. I think there is more possibility that if you end up really liking wrestling, but you just can't get behind, you know, some of the silliness that you see in WWE with, you know, our truth. And I love our truth. Hello but, uh, over there. What's up? what's up? Exactly. If you feel me say what's up. <laughs> but uh, So yeah, no, uh, if you can't get behind some of the silliness, uh, there's a less silly product now on TV. Um, so, yeah, I think it's possible, but it's not going to be like it was in the 80s or 90s. Mm-hmm. I mean, frankly, people know it's not real. Like, <laughs> say what you will. People didn't know. Like, maybe some people knew. They didn't know. I think I and if they did know, they like didn't. 12, I get I uh, I mean, I've heard it. I heard it when I was five, six, seven. And then 12, I was able to convince myself that it wasn't real. That I remember distinctly during a Hell in a Cell match. Where it was the infamous McMahon's vs. DX Hell in a Cell with Big Show, yeah, and you yeah. could see, um, you know, pretty much Triple H tries to knee Vince, and he misses him by a solid like <laughs> five inches, and he's like, oh, oh, and that's when I gave, that's when I learned, oh shit, this is fake, right? And so, like, in in fairness, they've announced that it's. Not real. Several times, which I think then. has helped them in their advantage over the years. Yeah, and it's like a feat. It's a, uh, people laugh and say it's like theater because it's not like theater at all. But it's the same concept. It's not real. You're not supposed to go there thinking it's real. You're supposed to go. You're supposed to go there to watch the show. You're not supposed to go there. It's not like when you watch the you know Yankees play. When you watch the Yankees play, you want to see who's going to win. 
And you want to see who's going to win in WWE, but that's not really what you should be looking for. You should be trying to just enjoy yourself. It's like medieval times. <laughs> you, get, you get placed in, you know, the green section, right? The but, green section. But the blue tonight team. is, yeah, but tonight is not green's night. It's blue's night. You just happen to come on blue's night. There's nothing you can do about it. You're in green section. Nope. You're supposed to cheer your head off for green. He's going to joust his little heart out. But blue is going to win because the story calls for blue to win and get the princess. And then the bad guy fights. It's a whole thing. It's the same story every time. They just <laughs> switch the night who's going to win. That's WWE. <laughs> every it's the single same year. Story every time. And we, and we they, just switch, they just switch the night who's going to win. And that's okay. Uh. You're supposed to go. I mean, and sometimes your night wins and you're really happy that you're night winning. And sometimes your night doesn't win. And maybe you're a little disappointed. On the stage. Right. But even mm-hmm. if you're a little disappointed that your night didn't win, you're still supposed to be excited that you're there. You had a good time. You bought your ticket. You had your, your meal. Maybe you bought a little plastic sword. Right. That's what people want from medieval times. And that's essentially what people should want from WWE. In all wrestling, but especially them. I was about to say, and AEW, which also is, you know, I don't know the ratings per se, but I know a lot of people talk about it. I see the merch more around and people trending it. I mean, I feel this is a good time for wrestling. The yeah, 2020s. How about that? That's one that's one industry that has been booming. Probably the very only one. <laughs> Might be bigger than baseball in a few years if it keeps like this (laughs) you know sport but it might have more fans (laughs) at this point you're probably right man you need aaron judge to be a wrestler he's six eight um he's big (laughs) doesn't always translate well but true true but anyways yeah so the other things and like the main things to focus on that can help wrestling be cool again the one thing I mentioned, Stone Cold Steve Austin, probably the face of the last true boom period for wrestling. Obviously, the face of the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. He, um, you know, it's kept itself pretty relevant. You see him in like The Expendables and a lot of action movies. You see, yeah. he shows up to do his stunner. You got a broken um, skull you, sessions. And you he got has memes. His beer and, yeah. Yeah. It's a TV show. Where he just does like extreme sports with other celebrities or whatever. <laughs> like the show. What's I forget the name of it. Like Stone Cold Experiences. Like Yeah, had, I know what like, you're talking about. He took like Rob Rob Riggle on like a you know t- uh, four four wheeler through like Montana or something. Like something <laughs> ridiculous. But that's what they did and it went on TV. So <laughs> still counts. There you go. Still counts. Exactly. But, yes, there's it's pretty much been confirmed everywhere else that Stone Cold is coming back for one match in his home state of Texas, where WrestleMania will be the first weekend of April, April 2nd and 3rd. So do you think people would be interested in seeing Stone Cold come back, whether it's now the people who were kids in the, who were the kids in the late nineties, early two thousands. Now that are, they are dads and stuff or people who, you know, enjoyed the the Stone Cold yeah. legacy and Peacock. You know, I think more people than not have Peacock. They can so check it out. The issue is going to be two two issues. Number one, they haven't technically announced it yet. And True. if they want to make any extra money off of it, they need to announce it early because kids don't know who he is. And if they <laughs> know, that? no, yeah. And if they know, like they know because he's an old time wrestler, they don't care. 
right? He's not their favorite wrestler. They didn't, they're not going to want to go to WrestleMania to see him. Dad might. <laughs> some of those. Go some upstairs, of the son. No, some of the older kids, uh, older kids, older people might. And they have the money to do it, but you need to announce it because if you're not a big fan of wrestling, but you're interested in seeing Stone Cold mm-hmm. and they don't announce, you're not going to pay all that money on a rumor and then have Stone Cold not wrestle. So they need to confirm he's wrestling if they want to make any extra money off of that. That's number one. But number two, similar to what I just said, none of the kids care about Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. And so I do wonder what this actually does for long term. Listen, for like you and I, who we just missed him. Realistically, we just missed him. Yeah. Um, so we know who he is. He was still very relevant when we started watching as little kids, but we never really got to see the Stone Cold that the people who are in their 30s the saw, right? Stone Cold. Right. And so for us, you know, we get to hear that glass crack for real this time. And that's, <laughs> and that's cool. Cause we never, we never did. We've seen the clips. We knew who he was cause he was just hanging around when we were watching as kids, but we came in in the Randy Orton, Batista, John Cena, Brock Lesnar era, Eddie yeah. Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, that Kurt Angle, that whole group uh, was the top guys edge. Um, and so the, the rock stone cold mankind, triple H era, they were, they hung around HPK. They hung around a little bit, but in undertaker, but they weren't mm-hmm. the main, they weren't the main people when we were watching. So we knew them, they would make special appearances, maybe a match or two, nothing crazy. So for us, this is the first time that we get to see them like for real, for real. And it's for us. <laughs> so um, that's cool for, but we were going to watch anyway, you and I. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm saying for, other people there needs to be i think more of a hook and they could do it if they just announce who it is the opponent the whole nine yards ahead of time and let him you know build it himself because he's very obviously very good professional wrestler but for the young kids i mean this is not you know this is not their cup of tea and so i think we should look at it as what what are we going to do for kevin owens that's probably who he's going to fight with this match, what is he going to get out of this? Because that's someone that young kids care about. Yes. And Kevin Owens, the rumored opponent for Stone Cold. Right. Steve Austin. New person. So if you don't know who Stone Cold is, you definitely don't know who Kevin Owens is. <laughs> um, no, no offense to any of those people, but it's just true. Um, so how do you get people who know who Stone Cold is to care about Kevin Owens? And I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't think they will. I think it's going to be exactly the opposite. I think <laughs> he's going to come out. He's going to beat up Kevin Owens. He's going to win. And you know what? Not every match has to build a new star. That's a controversial take. People will disagree with me. Mm-hmm. But frankly, Kevin Owens is former champ. So maybe they don't need to build him. Maybe they have nothing planned and they just need someone to get in the ring and do a match with the old guy. So his old fans can cheer. And that's fine. But um, if you do that too often, you run into an issue. And as you pointed out, we have a ton of matches with part-time non-wrestlers or old-time wrestlers. And so if they go over in every single match, no one gained anything, that's a problem. Yeah, that can't happen. And it could happen. It's set up to potentially happen. Yeah, that... (laughs) And but, that's that's, what's, <clears throat> but that's what they have to try and avoid. Uh, you talked about Vince and Pat. 
which we'll know more on Thursday about that probably. Yes, but. yes. Later today, <laughs> we'll find out the big rumor yeah. that Pat McAfee, obviously huge fame and incredible podcaster for the Pat McAfee show, who's also the full-time color commentator for SmackDown, Smackdown with Michael yeah. Cole. He is going to go up against his boss for that, allegedly. 76-year-old Vince McMahon, who my dad texted me an article. Look who's coming back. Texted yeah. me, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> and Vince versus Pat. I'll be honest. No chance, uh, you know, no chance. Exactly. That's going to hit. And it's probably going to get as many cheers as Stone Cold's glass shatter. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. That wait, one, did, did that you one hate pan, him? That one did you hate chord, him as a kid? Well, no, I didn't legit hate him. I, I did. He's a character. <laughs> I that one, that, like the that yeah. one chord right in the beginning is going to play. Yeah. And then no chance. It, when that hits, <laughs> when he says it, if he can still do the swagger too, and I'm sure he yeah. can. That's he the ultimate saunt, meme. If he could swant, you know, you know, saunter on down to the ring with that swagger, the place is going to go ballistic. But it's really all he should do. Um, yeah. And I hate to say this for Austin Theory, who, by the way, it should be a tag match. Austin Theory should be in it. Someone <laughs> should be wrestling with Pat McAfee. Um, maybe Cody. <laughs> maybe someone else. Maybe who knows? I don't even know who else could do it. I said suggested Finn Balor, but I guess he's busy now. Um, the that's the US new, new U.S. champion. So I guess it's not going to be him. But um, someone. They gotta get someone to wrestle with Pat McAfee. Adam Cole can't do it because Adam Cole is uh, in a different company now. But Pete Dunn teamed with Pat McAfee in NXT. They can maybe call him up for a match. That would be kind of cool. Good way to introduce him. Then bring him mm-hmm. to SmackDown full time. Um, give you, let you build up that roster. But um, either way, there should be a tag team match. And people and I get it. Don't build it as a tag team match at first. And people are going to say that's that's tricky, but it is. So announce it as Vince versus, you know, Pat. Have Vince come out, cut a promo. Austin Theory comes out, does the rest he of says, it. I'm 76. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, maybe don't say that. But then uh, don't give don't give Austin Theory his own entrance either. Just do the Vince McMahon entrance. Do it second. So Pat McAfee and everybody and whoever else he's with has to be in the ring to watch Vince enter. The crowd will love it. And then you just do a normal match. This McMahon can come in when Pat McAfee is in. <laughs> just throw haymakers at Pat McAfee, right? Then tag out. Pat McAfee can do all of his, because he does some crazy athletics. Pat yeah. McAfee. He can do all of that to Austin Theory, <laughs> and not to Vince McMahon, and get the pin on on Austin Theory. Um, and it'll it'll be fine. Everyone gets to cheer for Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. Everyone gets to hear that song one more time. It is really unfortunate. And part of me thinks that this could be true. And this is my conspiracy theory hat before we leave. I know mm-hmm. we're running out of we're running out of time, but before we leave, I know they just fired Shane. Just fired Shane. Mm-hmm. How it could come out that it's going to be Pat and Shane versus <laughs> Vince and Austin Theory. Vince and his new, uh, his new that writes son. itself. <laughs> exactly. Now I feel very bad for Austin Theory in that case. He will have to be. He will have to wrestle like he's never wrestled in his entire life because he's going to have to carry three people. <laughs> One of them is his boss and tag team partner. But 
it's clear that they're positioning Austin Theory to be part of McMahon's kind of inner circle, uh, to pardon the pun from AEW there. <laughs> and so I think he deserves, and frankly, after the way that he saved the Saudi match, um, Saudi chamber match, he deserves a big mania moment. Um, yeah. Again, I don't think you could do a complete bait and switch. I don't think you can have Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory if you've announced Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon, but I think you can absolutely get away with a tag team match. I mean, think about Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle, Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H. Remember that tag team match yeah. from a while back? That was fun. It wasn't like everyone's favorite, but it was fun. And Got none of those, of it. most of those people can't wrestle. <laughs> What I would Triple say, H even yeah. do it for Rania. Oh, he had that heart attack, so he's done. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, I'm sure he works backstage, but he can't wrestle. Mm-hmm. At least, certainly not this year. Probably never again, though. Unfortunately. But you know what? HBK, he's working again. Maybe <laughs> he, he he came back for that really bad Saudi match, so he might want. I thought, always thought it'd be funny because you know Pat's co-host is AJ Hawk, who played in the NFL himself as a linebacker. He does, You're gonna why kill did he Austin. just come in? There? You're gonna kill Austin. Pat and AJ, the You're podcasters verse. <laughs> You're going to kill Austin Theory if you do that. Austin Theory is going to have to have two wrestlers, uh, two football players, and Vince McMahon. He's got to bring those to a <laughs> WrestleMania match. His first, not his first ever WrestleMania. He was in the COVID Mania, too, as that in a tag team with uh, Angel Garza. Oh, people, yeah, yeah. People See? pretend that he hasn't been on the main roster before. He did. They just <laughs> sent him back. And then they brought him back up and just pretended like he had been there before. But, oh, wrestling. Uh, he does have a WrestleMania match. Um, I believe he was part of that U.S. Ch- championship match or tag team title match. He was part of the team with Andrade and Angel Garza and all of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, so to have him on his, even if it's second, his second Mania match carry Vince McMahon, Pat McAfee, and AJ Hawk would not mm-hmm. be fair. It'd be setting him up for disappointment. Um, it'd be one thing if AJ Hawk was uh, pet, was Bad Bunny, because uh, you know that he has some moves. Same with Pat McAfee. Oh, but to have someone that we've never seen go before, uh, that would be unfair. I think if they can get Cody, they should get Cody. I don't know if they're going to get Cody, and I don't know if they already have a plan for Cody. Uh, I don't know what his plan would be. Edge is out now. Edge has got somebody. Maybe they'll just save it for the night after. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying if you can get Cody for Mania, have him come on the Pat McAfee show, maybe even, and have McAfee ask him on air like the next week, it'd be great. Um, yeah. But- he's been featuring more wrestlers. And, you know, what's funny about all this, this, um, he loves planning Michael it Cole. out. <laughs> Desperately loves Michael Cole, which is hysterical because all, all, all of the fans obviously love Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. He's done a great job. A lot of them are still have these horrible takes about Michael Cole uh, being bad. And he's really not bad. I mean, he's not. I yeah. don't know. Everyone talks about how good JR is. In, in fairness, we were younger than a lot of them. So, I mean, when I think of commentary, I do think of JR and King. But I also I watched SmackDown because it was on Fridays and I was a kid so I could stay up later. So I think about Taz and Michael Cole when I think about commentators. Those those are the voices of wrestling to me, Taz and Michael Cole. Like on AEW, JR is whatever. Frankly, I don't think it adds anything. I wish Taz took his job full time. Um, yeah, JR. I love Taz. Can approve. Right, he should retire. I think he's actually hurting himself, but that's beside the point. Um, I shouldn't say that because he's still good. 
is you know what I mean he's still yeah. JR he still has all of his classic mannerisms so I'm being I'm being too hard on him but I'm just saying Taz and Michael Cole they were wrestling commentators for me that was the voice of wrestling yeah. so that's your association in your head yeah but, but even beyond that I think he's proven himself more than once that he's not he's not as bad as they think as people pretend he is. And Pat McAfee again, desperately loves him. So all of Pat's fans hate Michael Cole, love Pat McAfee who loves Michael Cole. And it's a weird triangle uh, <laughs> of, of people, but I mean, yeah. I took my brother to wrestling and he only cared about seeing Pat McAfee. <laughs> See? Yeah. Tommy's the yeah. biggest Pat McAfee. And I, I do listen to a show every day. This is the, you know, how I know baseball matters when Pat talks about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> the, the he, three times much- a year. He's pretty much on the cutting edge with sports. He's he's always he's a tastemaker yeah. in that industry, to be sure. He also doesn't want to admit he's a Pirates fan. He's from Pittsburgh, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So. Isn't that his whole shtick when he t- when he tweets out and he's like a bat and smack yeah. Dan? <laughs> that's, that's the, I, I thought that was a Pittsburgh accent that he was going for on Twitter, but oh no, that's just him. I think, but I think it is. I bet you, I mean, maybe that's not how he looks at it, but like, I know he calls it SmackDown on, <laughs> on Twitter. And I'm pretty sure that that was supposed to be a, a Pittsburgh accent. That's hilarious. You know, you know, just to wrap these things up, just two quick things. One also, just to mention with, um, that we haven't already with the, Logan Paul and the Miz teaming oh, up to go yeah. get some Mysterios. Who's yeah. ready to see Logan Paul do some bumps? <laughs> People, oh, Logan man. Paul, he's been. I saw WWE did a playlist. They got a solid fifteen minutes of content. Logan Paul puts in some work for the WWE. Oh yeah, no, he's been on a couple times. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Other people do, but again, but who cares? But- They'd rather just see Jake. It's just interesting though, like. So a lot of the people that I see, right, they're older people, they cover it as their profession. And I get that means they have a specific mindset, but I'll, I'll see <laughs> Logan right? Paul hate bias, but I'll see. So like it's every day, bro. I'll see people, yeah, I'll see people be like Cindy Lauper deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. She does, by the way. Yeah. Um, for everything Paul's she did. No, she's not gonna get it now, but for everything she did for the rock, rock and wrestling connection. Back in the 80s, like without Cindy Lauper, Mr. T, there is no Hulkamania. There's no WrestleMania. Yeah, there they were key parts. And I'm not saying that Logan Paul is going to be the Cindy Lauper for <laughs> WrestleMania. But what I am saying is Cindy Lauper can't be the Cindy Lauper for the new generation of wrestling. He, mm-hmm. She can't be. She's not famous anymore. Not like that. Not like that. She's very famous, but not like, you know, not like relevant famous. She's like iconic famous. It's different. So you need these new people. You need Pat McAfee. You need Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. I could argue you don't need Johnny Knoxville. I think his pro- <laughs> his I thought pro- he's going to have a match at Mania. He is. He is. Yeah. He's about to, about to Friday, probably. But um, that's where we're going to make it official Friday. Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. For a championship, no less. But um, <laughs> he's gonna win. He might actually very well. <laughs> but um, but again, I I think we could argue we don't need Johnny Knoxville right now. But <laughs> I'm actually not against it. I was a little bummed in the Royal Rumble, and this is horrible to say. Yeah, he was only in an app. Like 90 got, seconds. Well, no, that wasn't the problem. That was the perfect amount of time. But he didn't like jump off anything. Yeah. He didn't do any crazy stunts. Nobody kicked him in the groin. Nothing. They're the jackass crew. They're supposed to do crazy. They do crazy things for money. Then they got into a wrestling ring and did nothing. So I wanted to give him a bump. So I'm saying Sami Zayn 
versus Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville better jump off of something. Or Wee Man can do it. I don't really care who does it, but someone's jumping off of something tall. Didn't and they not once have a, the entire crew had a match played against Umaga? It was oh, like well, be an eight on they, one handicap. So they had, yeah, but so and they then had, they did the yeah the Steve-o, other version. So they had Steve-O do a segment with Umaga, and Umaga hit him with the Samoan and Spike, which <laughs> was his finisher. And Steve-O hit the ground, right? He did what he was supposed to do, but he was laughing the whole time, <laughs> laughing hysterically. He did not sell it at all. Umaga was mad because it made him look weak because Steve-O just giggled after getting attacked. And so they not decided not John Cena, but you can make Steve-O laugh. Right, exactly. It tickles Steve-O, but it wins you the Intercontinental Championship against Bobby Lashley. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this will be better. Johnny Knoxville's, of the group, Johnny Knoxville's probably the most professional, I would say. Uh, seems the most professional anyway. Seems like he's got the most, you know, the most willing to do the business. Mm-hmm. I hope he loses. I don't think he will. I don't. <laughs> I assume Logan Paul's going to win. Logan Paul's got to pin Rey Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio. He's going to pin Dominic Mysterio. (laughs) Uh, That'll be the feud going out of it. It'll set up Rey versus Dominic, I assume. I have to assume that's that's where this leads. When Dominic gets beat up by a YouTuber, his dad is disappointed, and that starts a match. Um, But I don't know. Maybe not. We need to have it. How are they going to involve his brother Jake somehow, some way? What I don't know is if they do a tag team match for Pat McAfee, or even if they do a regular match, Vince versus Pat, and Austin Theory just gets involved, I could see Vince winning his match and Pat losing. <laughs> if oh, they that'd think, be... <laughs> no, Pat gets callers that... on his show, so they'll just call, yeah. get destroyed. So if they, but if they're thinking about a longer term story, Austin Theory versus Pat McAfee, this is just starting <laughs> it. I could see Vince McMahon Austin getting Theory the win. Pat McAfee. <laughs> but that's what you need to do. Yeah, I just like I just love the idea of putting these celebrities together. Like you said, if Mr. T fought, you know, Bob Backlund, (laughs) that wouldn't nothing would have come of that. He had to fight the hot new stars, the people on the way up, not the people (laughs) who had been doing the catch wrestling for twenty years. So yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not calling Austin Theory Hulk Hogan. (laughs) I'm not, but he's closer than you know Hulk Hogan is to what Hulk Hogan was. At the time, you know what I mean. You can't, you can't have these old people. And it's the reason why, if they do it, I wish they'd done AJ Styles in Pat McAfee. He could have even done a little a hint about how he's bringing AJ for backup, and everyone thought it was AJ Hawk, but it was AJ Styles. It would have been fun, <laughs> exactly. but they, they're not. They're not doing that because, again, it would have helped somebody who kind of needs a little bit of a boost because they've been, you know, strapped in a tag team for a while. But I don't know. Whatever they do, maybe maybe it doesn't set up Austin. Maybe it sets up Cody versus Pat. Maybe that's the big angle they got Cody Rhodes to come back for. Pat McAfee. I don't know. <laughs> but whatever it is, you want Pat McAfee to wrestle non, non-Vince non McMahon people as often as possible. Um, because it makes a difference. It, it makes them seem like a bigger deal to other people. Right. And that's if you're not doing that, then why would you even, why are you working with him? You know what I mean? Like, other than, I mean, he is very good at his job in fairness, but if you're not doing that, then why work with somebody? If you're not going to use their skills, same with Logan Paul, if you're not going to have 
you know, Ray and Dominic do something afterwards, then why you have Logan Paul? Because you don't want Logan Paul to lose. And then it's Logan Paul versus The Miz. Who are we supposed to <laughs> boo? You boo everybody in that match. That just, everybody jumps into yeah. a pool. And the last thing we have to mention with um, this WrestleMania, like I said, we'll have a uh, preview show right before it to give our predictions. Okay, good to know. Yeah, AJ the Man and Debo join us for that. Our Gen Z correspondents. Gen Z correspondents. <laughs> um, young. We have the big main event confirmed as a championship unification. We have. Sure. <laughs> well, yes, for now, or at least it, we'll a temporary unification. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for the uh, for the advertisers, but we have Lesnar versus Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the third time on uh, night two. Winner takes all to unify the WWE and Universal Championship. Feels like the seventh time. Yeah, seriously. So this is it. I, I I think it is a good arc right here for Roman. This is Reigns. the third Mania match, right? Yeah, this is our third Mania match. They've had other matches. Yeah, yeah third main event. Of of me. Okay, gotcha. That makes more sense. So Roman is on as unstoppable run as it can be. As, and as we're saying, really cross it over to the mainstream, taking out Cena, Balor, um, The Fiend. The Fiend was the first person he took out in his raid. And he beat The Fiend out of the company. Oh, boy. But I think this is a great, you know. And Braun Strowman. Yeah. I think for now, this is your chance to really solidify Roman's quote unquote legendary status. Finally being the one person he can't beat at a WrestleMania. And if he could do it clean in this heel versus heel match or um, no, Brock's a face now. So definitely good for, he has a cowboy hat. So he's nice Brock, guy. nice, funny Brock. Yes. But yet we all, yes, it is heel versus face, but you know, I think we want to see Roman keep going. This would be quite a letdown if he lost to Lesnar again, of all people. You need to give him <laughs> all him all this glory out of all the people. Um, what do you think of this big match? And if it uh, maybe even leads to any other epic moments, like what if you have The Rock come out at the end? I don't know. <clears throat> if you can have your Hollywood match. Um, yeah, I don't know about The Rock. Mania. I think it might I be too know. early. It might be too early for The Rock to okay. set up a match at Mania or even the night after. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, not even just it's too early in terms of fans caring. The fans will care instantly. But can he honestly 1,000% say he knows he's free? <laughs> Seriously, he's The Rock. He's super busy. Like, yeah, I, doubt, a, I doubt he can I say, oh, yeah, I'll be free. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Like, Tentative. Days. Right, so that's why I feel like they should get a little closer. But um, fair. I don't know. Like I said, it's kind of sucks because I don't. So if Paul Heyman, who is sided with Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. then beats Brock Lesnar with Roman Reigns, where does that leave Brock? And that's a weird thing to say because you know who cares? <laughs> Essentially, he'll be all he fine. got is Lesnar clean, and that's it. Right, he's got you know, he's got gazillions in money <laughs> from the WWE. He'll be okay. And I'm sure he'll come back for a Saudi show. Um, but I just don't know where it actually leaves him in terms of mm-hmm. 
what's next. And maybe there is no next. Maybe he's maybe done he retires. I mean, who else does he have to uh, beat? Well, that doesn't matter about who he has to beat. But and you want to keep him around. He's a big match, even without a title. That's the biggest problem that WWE hasn't figured out yet. He's a big time match, even without a championship. You don't need he, to have the title on the line. <laughs> what if he was a Undertaker type and shows up once yeah. a year for who for has me. the Brock Lesnar Invitational this year? Yeah, exactly. Or like it's, it's what Edge is kind of doing. Yeah, right. Just every once in a while, Edge shows up like he's going to have a match with this person for no other reason than it's Edge and it's a big match to have and somebody wants to have it. That's the entire story for the for the Mania match. <laughs> he goes, I want a match at WrestleMania. Who wants one? And waited until yeah. someone said yes. Um, and now I'm bad. Well, yeah, but he's not never really bad. He's always a little bad. He's never really bad. This man <laughs> had a live celebration of intimacy on television. So... <laughs> probably my favorite um, fun fact about wrestling. But I don't know. Yeah, I think Roman's probably going to win. I don't know why they're doing this unification thing if they're just going to split the titles again. Yeah, <laughs> literally really just don't. for the match or a way yeah. to have Roman lose but still look strong. Well, how's he going to lose? I don't know. If someone beats him, well, I still have another title. Another title. Okay. Yeah. Well, like someone what they did with Becky time. Two Belts, who at what point she was the. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I could think, and again, I've basically, since he left AEW, I've been booking the entirety of WWE to push Cody Rhodes to the moon in my head. Yeah. If they bring back the old big gold belt, the WCW belt, the Dusty Rhodes belt, if you will, because huh. I'm sure Dusty held it. Probably Dusty held yeah. it. Um, if, have, if you have Cody come back and win that on his first night, maybe right after Mania on Raw, again, Roman wins, so he brings both titles to SmackDown and creates the WWE Universal title. They can get rid of that stupid blue belt, <laughs> which is big. If they can do that, it will be worth it. If they get rid of the blue belt and they just call the regular WWE Championship the WWE Universal Championship and it looks normal and they have the big gold belt on Raw, I'm totally cool with that. That's perfect. The World Heavyweight Championship on Raw and the WWE Universal Heavyweight uh, WWE Universal Championship on SmackDown. Get rid of the stupid blue belt. I'm locked in. Great, love that. But I, I mean, maybe that's possible. Maybe they bring back one of the old belts. I hope they don't I, make a new one. And not the spinner belt. Nah, spinner belt. That that age. So two th- that is a t- mid two thousands <laughs> type of feel. That aged like cottage cheese. <laughs> Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> if Cena wins it, he could make a spinner belt. I'll, I'll give him that. Is there a Cena appearance at all, even if he's the Dr. Thugonomics? No. Or Peacemaker? Yeah, it'll be Peacemaker. <laughs> Peacemaker helmet. with um, almost a superhero mixed tag. <laughs> That'd be something else. <laughs> That'd be fun. But yeah, I'm sure we'll get more depth into the uh, unification, especially when we get closer to Mania in a couple weeks. But besides that, pretty much um, checkmarked all yeah. the things wrestling in terms of WWE. And um, got to try my best to soon we could do the AW coverage. I still need to get more. Um, their big show is this weekend. Oh, really? Well, this that's well, they have all their big shows, but they're they do a big show this weekend. Oh, well, it's too late to do a, a preview. It is the so next okay. picture, exactly. So, but yeah, besides that, from war to wrestle WrestleMania, 
to baseball. It's been a quite a ride as always. <laughs> There's a lot going on in the internet. Yes, and that who would have thought when the pandemic started, Ryan? In two years' time, we're going to talk about those very things. Uh, no one. <laughs> Least of all me. Remember when how Roman got his match, WrestleMania match? He just said to Goldberg, I'm wrestling you for the title <laughs> before the pandemic. And look how <laughs> look how far his character has come since then. I saw a tweet. Uh, Samojo just announced why he dropped his NXT championship because mm-hmm. he got COVID. Mm-hmm. So he got COVID, so they stripped him of the title. And then they ended up firing him. And so someone said, let me get this straight. Samojo gets COVID-19 and loses his championship. <laughs> Roman Reigns gets COVID-19 and Big E loses his championship. <laughs> Which is exactly what happened. That is so, boy, when you put it that way. Which is exactly what happened. They said, oh, no worries. Brock Lesnar could just hold that title for you. <laughs> But um, yeah, it really must be hard to be in that locker room sometimes when that stuff happens. <laughs> Get this straight. Roman Reigns gets sick and Big E loses his championship. <laughs> what are we going to do oh. now? Now we have to take the title off of Big E. <laughs> this is going to be a fun WrestleMania. Well, thanks again, Ryan, for the time. We'll see you again Anytime. soon. And um, yeah. Thanks for keeping on keeping on. Check him out at, on the Tweet Cap Twitter, everybody at at T Tweet Cap. Yep. At T Tweet Cap. And um, we'll see you soon, Ryan. Thanks again. Thanks, Matt. No problem. Bye. You know how I feel about you, Ryan. Great job as always. Thank you for coming on. And as I said, we talked about pr- some pretty serious stuff, but this is why I like Ryan's talents. He knows how to make things simplistic. I mean, you know, sometimes Ryan can carry on a conversation. He monologues, but there's always good stuff in there the whole time. So uh, thank you, Ryan, for your great insight as always. And I appreciate you, my very good friend. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdComoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So I hope everybody has a great weekend ahead. If you remember on Tuesday, we had the talented rapper Griffey on the show to talk about his music, his brand, what makes him stick out. If you want to see the man in his element in front of an audience, performing, rapping, and showing the world why he's going to be a big deal, check him out this Saturday, March 7th, at the Bowerly Electric in New York City at 7 p.m. It should be a good time. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be supporting my good friend and performer. It's going to be great to see a lot of our other friends, and hopefully we make some new ones along the way. And hey, if you're there, come say hi. It'd be awesome to see you. We will be back this Tuesday, March 8th, with a very special guest that you do not want to miss. 
He's a person in high demand, and we actually tried to book him a couple of times since this podcast started. He actually was very close to joining Danny Lynch for the 100th episode, but, um, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out, but we booked a recording day and time for Monday. Assuming that all goes to plan, I will have the show up for you Tuesday at midnight as per usual, and you do not want to miss this national radio hosts i'll leave it at that and uh like i said big fan huge respect and i think you all will see why and um don't miss that this tuesday on all podcasted platforms and youtube and we have some other good shows throughout the month as i mentioned before so it's gonna be a good time spring is almost here The weekend is about to take place, and let's all enjoy ourselves, the company, and let's make good decisions out there. Don't forget to check in on your friends and family. I love each and every single one of you, the Productive Nation, the best fans in the world. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast, and I hope you all have a fun and safe and wonderful weekend. See you all on Tuesday. Peace.